the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. Well, if you have your Bibles with you on this morning, we want to invite your attention to James chapter 4. We'll begin our reading at verse 13. And the word reads as follows. Come now, you who say... Today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there, buy and sell, make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance, and all such boasting is evil. Therefore, let him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. Amen. Father in heaven, we honor you this day. We bless your name. We thank you for grace. We thank you for your kindness, Lord. We thank you that you brought us even this far. And in this morning, God, as we prepared to open up your word. We are in need of your strength, your guidance, your wisdom. We need to be able to hear from you. We need to be able to absorb your word in our hearts, our spirits, to move beyond all the barriers and all the obstacles that would hinder us, God, from hearing from you. So, Spirit of the Lord, I'm praying on this morning, even as I stand to declare your word, that you would use me as an instrument of God to declare your word clearly in the ears of those who hear. Spirit of the Lord, if there are those who don't know you as Lord and Savior, let today be the day, this final Sunday of the year. Let this be the day, God, that they come and give their heart and their life to you. Father, we are blessed today to be able to stand and declare this word. Father, we realize that there are those that are still struggling in the midst of these days and times. And so we pray, God, that this word would be a word of encouragement to them, a word of direction for that one who's lost and A word, God, of return for that one who has deserted you. Spirit of the Lord, let your will be done. Let your way be accomplished in all that is said and all that is done in this place. And we will forever give your name all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. For it is in the name of Jesus, who is the Christ we pray with thanksgiving and expectation. Amen. Well, we have, by the grace of God, made it thus far. And I would probably suggest that in this year, we have probably learned a whole lot of lessons among the many lessons that we perhaps all can declare that we have clearly learned is that God is in control. Amen. He alone is in control. And not only is he in control, but because he's in control, he can do whatever he wants to do. 
And as long as he wants to do it, when he wants to do it, if he wants to do it, how he wants to do it, God is in full control. That is a lesson. If you don't take no other lesson, I pray that you have learned that lesson. Now, on this morning, I want to kind of dig into this text just a little bit. And hopefully, in this text, we'll also learn something else about thinking, perhaps, that someone other than God is in control. In fact, what James does in this letter, in this particular portion of the letter, chapter 4, he begins to give strong rebuke and address the issues of worldliness. And specifically, in this portion of the text, he rebukes strongly those who may be boasting or bragging in the arrogance of being in control somehow of life and circumstances. Uh, He addresses this letter in the very early portion to those 12 tribes and those who are scattered abroad. And so I think this implication and this address has a broad enough application that it can hit any and every one of us. So I want to talk to us on this morning from the subject matter, if the Lord wills. As James begins this rebuke of the boasting and bragging, he starts off here in verse 13, addressing the uncertainty of our plans. He says, come now you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. James opens this address with this colloquial phrase. It's, it's a colloquial phrase used only by him in the text, in the Bible, come now. This phrase, come now, is what we would say, listen here, is, is basically what he's saying. Listen here, you who have plans. And, and in the text, he's could be, it sounds like he's addressing perhaps a businessman, but equally he could be addressing anyone when he says, come here. Listen here now, you businessman. Listen here now, you who are arrogant enough to say, this is what I'm going to do. And he says, listen here, you who have already counted your eggs before they hatch. Come here now. Listen here, you who have already counted on profit at the end of the year. Come here now, you who have already planned out your vacation and planned out your purchases and planned out with certainty how long you're going to be where you was going to be and what you were going to be doing. And come here now, all of you who had plans and said, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to go here for a couple of weeks and I'm going to go there for a couple of weeks and on this day, I'm going to do this and on this day, I'm going to do that. And come here now, James says, I want to talk to you about the uncertainty of your plans. Now, probably prior to this year, we probably said our plans are pretty certain. But I want to help you here as James opens up this text to help us understand that our plans, apart from consultation with God, are very uncertain. And I think that even as James addresses this person in the text and speaks to those here in the text and says, come here now, you who say tomorrow or today we're going to go here and do this and do that. We're going to go to this city, spend a year there. We're going to buy, we're going to sell, we're going to make a profit. Look at how the person he's addressing has already laid out all the plans, know how much time they're going to spend. They know they're going to buy, they know they're going to sell. They already know they're going to make a profit. They have no expectation. They have no plan of losing anything. They're going to profit and everything's going to go well. They've got everything planned according to their schedule, but they haven't consulted God as to what tomorrow is going to hold. 
And I think we're all guilty, if we would be honest with ourselves, we're, we're all guilty of this, not just in this year, but we've been guilty of this for a number of years. And I think that if no other time, I think this guilt of our own as it relates to our planning and the uncertainty of our plans has come to a head in this particular year. For it has been in this year that we had so many plans that we found out that we were not in control of. And James says here, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. How, how can you say this? Where you've said, this is what I'm going to do, this is what I'm going to do, this is what I'm going to do. And he says, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. You have no clue what's going to go on tomorrow. You've planned parties. You've planned vacations. You've planned mission trips and church events and business deals and purchases and sales. And, and you did all of that without the consultation of God. You never consulted with God. Matter of fact, what we have a tendency of doing, we have a tendency of making our plans and then tell God about our plans as if somehow God works for us and we've told God, God, I plan on doing this as such and so time. Now you work all the other things out that need to work out because I've got my schedule. And God has proven to us that he does not work on our schedule, but rather our schedule is going to have to adjust and our plans will have to adjust to him. Lord, help us here. And so the, 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 the James says, look, I need to address for you. I need to help you understand that your plans are uncertain. You don't know what will happen tomorrow. You, you, you may have plans for tomorrow. You may have planned on doing this or that for this day or that day. But our plans are certainly uncertain. I, I, I think that if there's, if there's anybody who lived in this year, they know that planning, your plans were proven to be uncertain. And in fact, how can we boast in the certainty of our plans for tomorrow when we have no control over tomorrow? Now, that's in essence what James says here. We don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. We, we have speculations about tomorrow. We have hopes for tomorrow. We have expectations for tomorrow. But apart from consulting God, apart from uh, knowing the mind of God and knowing the, the will of God, we have no control over what tomorrow will bring. So tomorrow and, and, and our plans are, are surely uncertain. So he says, come now, come here, listen here, listen here. You, verse, the latter part of verse 14, he says, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Not only does he address here the uncertainty of our plans, but also the uncertainty of our days. What is life? This is a, a very powerful yet probing question. It's a question that delves deep into what we have as anticipation of what life is. What is life? That's a question I think that people will, will probably be wrestling with for many a days. And, and in the context of this passage, what is life? Do you believe that life somehow is a prearranged, guaranteed calendar? I know that every year some probably already have your calendars. And I know we get our, our calendars in advance and we go through planning out the things for the year that's yet to come. And as if God has guaranteed us the, the days of next year. And, and and yet, we, we lay it all out, and, and, and so here it is. The question looms in the midst of preparing the calendar. What is life? 
Is life a prearranged calendar of events? Is, it, is there some guarantee? Is, there, is it a fixed timed contract with God? Has God said to you, you will have next year to be here, to do this, to do that, to graduate from school, to watch your grandchildren grow up? Did, did God give us some kind of a guarantee or did he give us some kind of promise period of time that we could allocate according to whatever we decide to do with it. I mean, I know sometimes you get up in the morning or you, or you think about the next day and you say, you know what, tomorrow I'm just going to lay around and do nothing. Well, guess what? You might have to lay around and do nothing because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't know if you'll be able to even get up tomorrow. You don't even know if tomorrow will even come for you. You know, in the old phrase that we use so often, We don't even know if tomorrow will even come. And so days are uncertain as well as our plans are uncertain. There is no certainty about our days. We think we have control over. We think we have some way of saying this is what will be and this is what won't be. But I think we've learned that life itself is uncertain. We have no guarantees about tomorrow. We don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. In fact, life is so uncertain, we don't even know who's going to live. We don't know who's going to survive COVID or survive cancer or a car accident. We don't know who's going to come through high blood pressure or diabetes. We have no idea because life is so uncertain. The doctors will say to one, you're not going to make it through the night, but yet, because of the providential hand of God, that person will live on, whereas the other person will get a clean bill of health. And the doctor says, you good for another 10,000 miles, walk out the door and have a heart attack and die. We have no certainty about tomorrow. It's certainly uncertain. Our days are uncertain. Life is uncertain. In fact, uh, James says it's just a vapor. I love the idea that he uses of a vapor. He says it appears for a moment and then it vanishes away. And one thing about a vapor is every now and then some vapors will come up and they'll linger for a while. And they'll hang around for a little while. And then over a period of time they they vanish away. Then there's other vapors that come up quickly and then they vanish away. And so even though some linger longer than others, eventually they all pass away. Just like life. Life is nothing more than a vapor. Some of us will live longer and then pass away. Some of us will go quickly and pass away. Some of us we can almost anticipate and I can see the vapor fading away. And then others, the vapor will come up and seem like it's just at its peak and then it's gone. Because life and our days are uncertain. We have no guarantee about it. He says we have no fixation about this, no guarantee about tomorrow. It's truly uncertain. It's like a vapor, he says, and it's here and it's gone. Job says it this way, man's days are determined and the number of his months is with you, O God. You have appointed the limits that he cannot pass. Do you realize that we can't live longer than God has already set days for us? The psalmist says in Psalm 90, teach us, O Lord, to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. One of the things we need to gain a heart of wisdom about is that tomorrow is not promised. And we have no guarantees about tomorrow. Tomorrow is uncertain. Our days are uncertain. Psalm 144 says man is like a breath. His days are passing shadow. Psalm 39, Lord, make me to know my end and what is the measure of my days and to know that I may know how frail I am. We have no guarantees about tomorrow. Tomorrow's not promised. There's no certainty about it. There's uncertainty about our plans. There's uncertainty about our days. But yet in the text, 
James addresses the one who with arrogance and with assurance says, this is what I'm going to do. And he says, but your plans are uncertain. Your days are uncertain. And he doesn't stop there. He picks up in verse 15. And he speaks of the uncertainty of the Lord's will. He says in verse 15, instead you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that, if the Lord wills. Now, instead of us being so strongly definitive about what our plans will be, James says we ought to say, if the Lord wills. Now, I know, and perhaps you know some that will repetitively say, if the Lord wills. But that's not really what he's after. See, this statement of, if the Lord wills, this is a statement not only that ex- expresses our uncertainty of the Lord's will. In other words, I don't know what the Lord's will is. I have this plan, but I don't know what the Lord's will is. It's my uncertainty about the Lord's will. That is true, but it's more than that. It's it's deeper than that. This statement is an expression of my submission to the Lord's will. When you say, if the Lord's will, it's in essence saying, I submit to whatever his will is. It's a statement that speaks of our surrender to the Lord's will. In other words, not only do I submit to what it is, but I surrender. I'm under the authority. I'm under the power of God's will as it relates to my plans. It's not only a statement of our surrender and our submission, but it's also a statement of our acceptance of the sovereignty of God to do as he wills regardless of what I plan. What he in essence is trying to help us to understand here is rather than us going around declaring what we're going to do and when we're going to do it with having no consultation with God, we ought to say, this is the plan that I have. This is what I put down on paper. Here are the order of my plans. And watch this. But I'm okay if God chooses for it not to happen. Now, I'm going to talk to some spiritual people for just a moment. For my highly spiritual people, they say, yeah, yeah, amen, preacher, amen. That's exactly how I believe. And that's why I always say, if the Lord wills, I'll see you tomorrow. If the Lord wills, I'm going down to eat me some breakfast. If the Lord wills, and you're if the Lord willing all the time. But it's more than just words to be mouthed. It's more than just to say it out of your lips after every statement and after every plan. It's more than that. It's deeper than that. In essence, he's trying to get us to a point where it becomes not only what we speak out of our mouth, but how we live, how we think, how we interpret life, what attitude we carry in our everyday being. He's trying to move us to a point where we are surrendered and submitted to the will of the Lord, even though we don't know what it will be Lord have mercy but I'm okay with whatever it is if God changes the plan I'm okay with that if God's will is not for me to go I'm okay with that if God's will is for the church to be closed for the next year I'm okay with that if God's will is for us not to be able to do this event or that event I'm okay with he's he's trying to get you to a place where when we talk about the will of the Lord that we're completely under his will we're completely okay with his will not only in our mouth but also in our attitude now let me talk to some people that can be for real for real with us this morning as the events began to get canceled uh, let me see if I can take us back to April in April some of us said well my event is not until June or July 
surely by then we'll be out of this. And it still probably will take place. And then others was thinking, you know what? Uh, that th- it's not going to happen until October and, or December. And by December, we'll be good. I mean, we got plans. We're, we're going to do this event. We're going to have a Christmas party. We're going to have folks coming in from all over the place. We're going to do a big old New Year's Eve celebration. We got this and that. Back in April, you thought, ah, oh, that's nine, ten months away. Surely, this is going to be fine. But because they were a little bit far out, you said, hmm, I think it'll probably happen, still happen. But when the time came and it didn't happen, let's be for real, you got a little mad with COVID. You got a little upset with the CDC. You start feeling some kind of way (laughs) about the governor and the, the president and those who are making decisions about uh, wearing masks and, and locking down and, and not going out and not having ability to assemble this number and that number. Because we had all of these plans. Now, you could have been saying all along, if the Lord wills, if the Lord wills. But if you got mad when the Lord didn't will it, then you really didn't mean if the Lord wills. What you really meant is this is my plan and I want, Lord, you to put your will on my plan. And that's not what James is saying. James is trying to help us understand to put our plans before the will of God is out of order. Because our plans are uncertain. Our days are uncertain. Even the knowledge of the will of the Lord is uncertain. We don't know what God is going to decide to do. Because who can really know the mind of God? And even God himself on certain occasions, he says, I don't even know that that the answer to that is in the will of my father. And, and he says, look, um, look, it's not even, some things he'll tell us, it's not even for you to know. So some things we're not even going to know. So James says, look, stop bragging, stop boasting, stop taking on to yourself the planning and the authority and the control as if you are in control. We're not in control. Your plans are uncertain. Your, your, your days are uncertain. You don't even know if you're going to live tomorrow. And that has proven itself out time after time after time after time, person after person after person after person. People we expected to be at Christmas dinner were not at Christmas dinner because their plans did not meet the the will of God. And we didn't know the will of God because the will of God was unknown to us. And so it played itself out. And that's why James comes back and says, now this is what you ought to do. You ought to say, if the Lord wills. You ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live, do this or that. Notice what he says here. You you ought to say, first of all, if the Lord wills, we shall live. Because you that's not even guaranteed. Life is not even guaranteed in the form of days down here. That's not even guaranteed. But we ought to say, if the Lord wills, if the Lord allow me to live, then we can do this or that. To continue our journey, tune in next week for the second half of today's message. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministries of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor 
Bucus Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title and broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together. And we invite you to join us for one of our spirit-filled worship services, Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at the Legacy Center, located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301 627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Buca Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence. Beginning Sunday, January 2nd, 2022, the new service times for adult Sunday school, new members class, and young adult power hour will be 8.45 a.m. to 9.45 a.m. The new service times for in-person worship service, Children's Church and Nursery will be 10 a.m. Continue to connect with us in person or virtually via our website, Facebook, and YouTube. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com salemnow.com